Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with Neil Shusterman and Eric Elfman, the writers behind the Accelerati trilogy, in which a group of kids stumble across a trove of inventions created by Nikola Tesla. After accidentally selling them at a garage sale, 14-year-old Nick Slate and his friends attempt to secure the devices and keep them away from a powerful organization called the Accelerati. The first book, Tesla's Attic, was published in 2014 and is out this month in paperback. The sequel, Edison's Alley, will be published in February by Disney Hyperion, which is sponsoring this podcast. Neil Shusterman is the author of many books for children and teens, including The Unwind series, Bruiser, The Skinjacker trilogy, The Schwa Was Here, and more. Neil, thanks for speaking with me. Oh, you're very welcome. Happy to be here. Eric Elfman has written a series of almanacs for kids that includes The Almanac of Alien Encounters, The Very Scary Almanac, as well as three-minute thrillers and other books. Thank you for being here, Eric. Thank you. So in addition to the books that I uh, just mentioned, the two of you uh, have experience, I believe, in the world of screenwriting. Is that how you originally knew each other, Eric? Yeah, we actually met each other several years ago. We were, we were both writers, and we kept thinking that we ought to write something together, we ought to write something together, and we finally uh, decided we had to put all of our other projects aside and just work on a screenplay. So that was the first thing that we wrote together, was uh, we collaborated on a screenplay. Okay. At what point uh, did you guys decide that maybe you wanted to try working on a a series together, Uh, Neil? Uh, Well, you know, a few years ago, we were talking about uh, the idea of coming up with a, a book series, and we were both fans of Nikola Tesla. And so we thought, well, it would be interesting to uh, tell a story that somehow involved Tesla. And so the more research we did, the more excited we got about the prospect. And then we came up with the idea of what if all of these lost inventions of Tesla showed up in, uh, in an attic somewhere and some kid had access to them, what might happen? And then we came up with the idea of selling them in a garage sale and then having to get them back. And that just uh, made us laugh and we just had a lot of fun with it. Okay. It seems like there's actually been something of a resurgent interest in Nikola Tesla um, and his relationship with uh, Thomas Edison in the past uh, couple of years. Uh, do you guys have a sense of what's behind that at all, or are you just especially like tapped into the zeitgeist or something, uh, Eric? Well, I think I think it's partly because of Tesla Motors um, that brought the name Tesla back into the zeitgeist. But when we were in school, when Neil and I were in school, Tesla was barely mentioned. We we knew all about Thomas Edison. I I just heard about Tesla. Um, from some place, I'd heard one story about him. Neil had heard another, and then we just both just individually did did research into him because he was just such an interesting character. Um, that when we had the idea, there wasn't this resurgence in Tesla yet, and it was the first time that we were on the on the ground floor of something that was taking off. It was just a great uh, coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also think that. Uh uh, when David Bowie played uh, Tesla in uh, The Prestige, I also think that that brought a lot of interest back uh, because, you know, someone as cool as David Bowie playing, uh, t- playing Tesla sort of uh, caught uh, the public's imagination. You're sort of diving back into some research about his life and work. Eric, for you, what, what did you sort of look into and were there certain details about his ideas or um, his life that have really kind of struck you and stuck with you? Well, well, the first thing that I'd, I'd heard about Tesla was his rivalry with Thomas Edison. And so that was just really interesting because Edison was such a heroic um, figure as I was growing up, um, just invented the phonograph and the, and the um, electric light bulb. And, and then to find out that there was this other guy who was sort of 
scorned by history. It was just very interesting. And so the more I, the more research that I did on my own and then together with Neil, we, when we started the book series, we started doing a lot of research. He was just so interesting. It was just so amazing, his contributions that he made to our world, AC Power. He came up with radio before Marconi did. One of the inventions that he was famous for this great anecdote is, is an earthquake machine that he developed. And that's one of the um, few real inventions of his that we incorporated into our story. It was actually the earthquake machine was the first story that I had heard about Tesla, which really got me interested in him when I was a teenager. Hmm. And Neil, I saw that you uh, tweeted something recently about Tesla being, uh, quote, the, the coolest scientist. Were there certain things that led you to sort of that, uh, <laughs> that feeling about him? He, he was really ahead of his time. I mean, all of the things he came up with uh, were groundbreaking. He came up with the idea of, of wireless. Uh, I mean, he predicted so many things that are just commonplace now. Uh, it, it was, it just, it's, it's, it's really amazing to, to think that his mind had thought of all these things so many years ago. And, 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 and he came up with things that, that have not developed yet, like not just wireless communication, but the wireless transmission of power. So you could have a generator in one city and have it power, um, uh, uh, factories in another place altogether without wires transmitting that energy. That's, that's part of the um, genesis of our book, in fact. Hmm. And, you know, Neil, uh, I wondered, you know, was this sort of predictive and forward-thinking nature of, of his work and the, the ideas that he came up with, is that something that's, I guess, especially close to your heart, given that so much of your career is sort of built in the world of uh, speculative fiction? Yes. I mean, I, I think the idea of, of predicting things that could happen and uh, could be created is really uh, the basis of a lot of my work, uh, both the positive and the negative. Uh, you know, and Tesla predicted both. I mean, uh, he, he had said that he, he, he predicts that uh, the world will be, will be faced with wonders that are terrifying as well as wonders that are amazing. Now, as you guys mentioned, uh, you, you've came up with a lot of really wild uh, inventions for these books. Uh, Eric, do you have any uh, particular pet favorites or one that's kind of continued to tickle you? Well, what, well, one of my favorites is a uh, tape recorder. Um, it looks like all, all of the inventions in our story that Tesla left hidden in this attic were disguised as ordinary-looking objects. So there's an old um, reel-to-reel tape recorder, and when the character speaks into it, Instead of recording her words, it records her thoughts and feelings, the, the emotion behind the words. And um, that was just such a fun piece to write. And, and we also decided that it wasn't just the inventions that would be interesting. It was also we had to develop these characters to mesh with the inventions. So we created this character who's out of touch with her own feelings. So she doesn't know what her heart is really telling her until she uses this tape recorder. And then she becomes almost addicted to it. So that was, that, was, that was just a fun uh, piece to write. Mm-hmm. How about for you, Neil? Any uh, favorites? Uh, yeah, but first I just wanted to add on to what, uh, to what Eric was saying uh, about how the characters uh, interweave with the inventions. Uh, what we didn't want to do is we didn't want to just have just fun inventions. We wanted to really uh, involve them in the story and really build them into the characters. So as much as the, the characters are using these inventions, the inventions are also informing the characters and, uh, and helping them grow as individuals. Now, my personal favorite invention is, is the, uh, the baseball mitt that pulls out, uh, meteorites out of the sky. Uh, just because that's, I think, my favorite moment in, in Tesla's attic is that moment when, uh, when Nick's little brother, Danny, holds up his glove and, and he's pulling all, every single fly ball that goes out into the, uh, 
this hit out to him in the outfield goes right into his glove, and then suddenly this meteorite comes flying out of the sky right into his glove. And that's just, I think, one of the funnest moments in the first book. And so that's, that's my favorite invention because that was so much fun to write. Mm-hmm. And I guess along similar lines, you talk about not having just you know, fun inventions for the sake of fun, but that there's also a lot of science that goes on you know, underlying or scientific ideas that underlie a lot of these things too. Uh, was it important to you guys to also try to give the book some, some scientific heft alongside the, the fun things that happen, uh, Eric? Well, we try to give the inventions at least some kind of plausibility. Some of them are, are pretty far out there. But we also did a lot of research into Tesla's background, so we incorporated some of that in the story. We um, reference other scientists and some of their inventions in humorous ways. Usually we integrate them in, 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 in funny ways. Um, but we do mention other scientists in history, other, other inventors in history. And so it was really fun to add that layer. And we've gotten great feedback from science teachers, from math teachers, from English teachers who are trying to introduce science into their classrooms, that this is a really fun way to interest their kids in in these actual scientists. So when you have a character named Ms. Plank, they can go and look up who uh, (laughs) who Plank came out of Ben. That's right. And now, what's the writing process like for the two of you? How do you uh, approach the books, Uh, Neil? We have uh, been working together on on lots of different... uh, ways. But what we've been doing most recently is we've, we've been using technology. Uh, we've been working on Google Drive, hmm. which uh, allows us to collaborate in, uh, in being in two completely different places, but at the exact same time. So we could be Skyping together. And at the same time, we are in the document, working in the same document at the same time. And so I would write something, and then Eric would go back and delete it, and then I would go back and delete what he wrote, and then eventually we'd, we'd figure out how to, uh, uh, how to get to something that we both agreed to. But that process of, of having two brains in the cloud at the same time has been a fantastic way to work. And now, uh, Eric, where do things stand with uh, the third book? Well, we're, 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 we're trying to wrap that up right now. We've got um, – we, we sort of wrote ourselves into a corner at the end of the second book, the one that's coming out in February. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so we had to figure out a way to get back to our storyline. We had, we had the arc in mind for all three books before we started. So now we're, we're getting to the, uh, to the home stretch on, on the last one. And I'd love to add uh, one of the greatest things about writing yourself into a corner – is that the solutions you come up with are original and usually better than anything you thought of before. And that is a, one of the most fun parts of writing and writing as a team. Yeah, it's, it's great to have an outline when you start, but it has to be flexible. You have to be willing to throw the outline out if the uh, characters do something that surprise you. And, and you just sometimes follow them to see where they go. And, and Neil, um, this next book will definitely be the last one. I only ask because I know the Unwind series was, you know, supposed to be a, a trilogy originally as well. We'll see. Uh, I, I think Hawking's Hallway will be the last one, but uh, uh, you never know. Yeah, exactly. You never know. I mean, we love these characters, and uh, and it's always hard to end a series uh, because you know those characters become a part of you. They become like close friends, and it's it's sad when you have to leave them. One of the things that I enjoyed the most was after the first book came out, all of the feedback we got on um, Goodreads and, and some other places, just people just fell in love with the characters and they wanted to see their continuing story. They couldn't wait till, you know, a year till the next book came out. So, uh, so we'll see how we feel at the end of book three, if we want to write a, a, another side story with them. Okay. And is it right that you guys are in the middle of uh, developing this uh, series for TV, uh, Neil? Uh, yes, we are. We're, we're working out a, uh, a deal for a television series right now. 
and uh, we can't talk about it yet because it's uh, you know it everything isn't, isn't finalized. <laughs> but uh, but the the studio is very excited about it, and uh, we can't wait to get to work on it. Okay. And Eric, you know, I know you also have a career as a, a writing coach, I believe. Do you, do you right. find read, writing for the screen to be a different animal or is it all just uh, storytelling for you? Well, that, that's a good question. It's definitely a different format. Um, uh, screenwriting, it's all about the, the story structure and the dialogue, whereas in, in novels, it's all about the internal life of the character, which doesn't really show up on the screen at all except through the action of the character. Maybe occasionally voiceover, but usually just... You see the characters' actions, but um, as far as story, yeah, story structure I think is story structure, especially in in middle grade and young adult fiction, where the story is super important to the reader. They want to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. And uh, sticking with the the TV film world f- for a minute, Neil, um, is there anything you can say about the uh, development of uh, Unwind as far as a film goes? <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm not allowed to talk about that either. You know, okay. Keeping everything under wraps. But what I can say is that the project is moving forward. It's moving forward very quickly, and uh, there's going to be uh, within the, probably within the next uh, month or two a big announcement from Constantine Films uh, talking about it. But at this point, uh, I can't talk about what I know. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. And, uh, you know, as, as far as getting back to this series goes, uh, since I believe you're both out in California, have you mm-hmm. been, sort of been getting out there as a team to talk about the books, uh, Eric? Yeah, well, we did a book tour for the first book. We're doing a book tour for Edison's Alley in February that's going to be just a um, Pacific Coast tour. We're going to start in San Diego and end in um, Seattle. And we're both looking forward to that. That's It's so much fun to get out and meet fans, meet um, people at bookstores, go to schools. The kids are so excited about it. It's great. And it's fun presenting as a team. I mean, we, we really had a lot of fun yeah. when we went out last year for Tesla's Attic. And I saw recently the two of you participated uh, in the Big Sur uh, Children's Writing Workshop together as well. Yes. Uh, Eric goes there every year, and I've been there several times. And it's, uh, you know, it's a great way to, uh, to meet uh, other writers, up-and-coming writers, and to, uh, to work with them to improve their material. Yeah. And I'm always so impressed by the quality of the writing that I see there. Um, they, they, these people are really dedicated to the craft, and they just want to learn to get better. And, and to come to a workshop like that where you're going to get criticized um, over and over and over again just, just shows how brave they are to, to put themselves out there like that. Okay. And are, are there any other projects, either for print or for screen, that you guys can talk about? <laughs> or, or, is, um, or is this the one that's keeping you busy at the moment? Uh, Neil? Uh, well, we're, we're, we're focused right now on the, uh, on the Accelerati trilogy, but I do have another book coming out in April called Challenger Deep. And that one is a, a standalone book, uh, very different. And, uh, and um, I'm really looking forward to that one coming out. That one's with HarperCollins. Okay. And how about for you, Eric? Yeah, I have a screenplay that I'm working on. And I have a uh, – actually, Neil and I are both working on the screenplay together. And we have a director interested. But again, that's in the very early stages. So we, we can't say much. But there is, it, it's, it's better to have interest than not to have interest. I can say that. <laughs> Definitely. Well, uh, you know, congratulations again to both of you for the new book. And uh, thanks again for speaking with me. Well, thank you very much. Really, you had fun. Yes, we did. Once again, I've been speaking with Neil Shusterman and Eric Elfman, authors of Edison's Alley, the second book in the Accelerati trilogy, out in February from Disney Hyperion. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. Cast.